Ag This Week. Sponsored by the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau, this is your host, Delene Hodnett. This week's podcast features an opportunity for grant funding for our state's farmers, a seminar on breeding soundness for northern New Mexico ranchers, and a reflection from the next generation. a grant funding opportunity from the New Mexico Department of Agriculture that would benefit New Mexico's growers of specialty crops. Here to explain the program is NMDA's Marketing Specialist. My name is Felicia Chacon Frost. I'm the Manager and Lead of Marketing Sales for the New Mexico Department of Agriculture and I've been with the department for over 16 years now. Well, the funds come from the United States Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Marketing Service each year, and it is up to each state Department of Agriculture, such as the New Mexico Department of Agriculture, to administer these funds. And this year, we are expecting approximately 518000 for projects. And applicants include nonprofits, producer groups, trade associations, and colleges and universities. Individuals are also eligible to apply, but generally speaking, their proposed projects must have the potential to benefit more than just themselves and their product. All proposals are reviewed and ranked by an evaluation committee, and that is made up of NMDA staff and outside experts. And the grant term is a maximum of three years, beginning as early as October 2022. And then NMDA provides grant funding on a reimbursement basis only. And funding per project, just to give everybody an idea, um, it ranges from about 20000 to 120000 per project. And these grant funds cannot be used for capital expenditures, including equipment building and land. And the deadline to apply is Tuesday, February 15th. Well, first, we'd like listeners to know that specialty crops are defined as fruits, vegetables, tree nuts, horticulture, and nursery crops. And nursery crops include floriculture. This funding can be also used for other purposes, such as leveraging resources to better market and promote existing specialty crops, expanding the availability and access to our specialty crops, or addressing other challenges that our specialty crop producers are currently facing. I encourage all applicants to review all of the resources on our webpage before they apply. And that website is elevatenmag.com. And they can click on the funding opportunities tab at the top. And then from there, they click on the box that says specialty crop block grant program. And on that page, I also encourage them to review the new outcomes and indicators, which are also called performance measures before they complete the project profile template. And when they're doing their template, which is the actual application, I suggest they don't leave anything blank on that template and be as specific as possible, especially in the budget section. A couple other things. We have some different types of letters that are required to include with the application. Those are letters of support and letters of intent. And these must be submitted with the project profile template by the February 15th deadline. I just encourage everyone interested in applying for grants to visit that elevatenmag.com website and then click on that funding opportunities tab in the specialty crop block grant program box. The website has an animated video as well as other resources and important information for applicants. And to just keep in mind the February 15th deadline. Thanks, Felicia. One such specialty crop is Chile, which is facing a significant labor problem. To solve the worker shortage, New Mexico State University is conducting trials on several types of mechanized pickers, making sure the fragile chili pot is not damaged in the process. Travis Day, Executive Director of the New Mexico Chili Association, recently spoke to attendees of the New Mexico Chili Conference held February 1st in Las Cruces and emphasized that mechanization is the key to the future for the chili industry. 
we adapt or we die. That, that's really what it comes down to. And so we're really focusing on pushing initiatives that promote mechanical harvest and research that promotes mechanical harvest. You know, I know this has been something that's been discussed for many years, but we're close. Meeting with members, we have machines that are ready to go. We're at most two years out from this actually being reality. So we're excited to see that and excited to promote that. Legislators in session at the Roundhouse are also trying to address the chili labor shortage. The Senate Conservation Committee recently passed a bill that would renew the Chili Labor Incentive Program, also known as CLIP. This program increases the base pay of chili harvesters to 1915 an hour to help incentivize workers and overcome the labor shortages we saw last summer. Senate Bill 157 would direct $2.2 million of federal pandemic relief funds to extend the wage boost program, which was curtailed last year when the Supreme Court ruled that the legislators, not the governor, have the authority to allocate funds from the American Rescue Plan Act. Before CLIP was halted, the New Mexico Department of Agriculture had distributed $2.8 million to ensure that chili was not left in the field unharvested. The program funded augmented wages for more than 3,000 chili workers, according to NMDA. The bill will be considered by the Senate Finance Committee next. Speaking of the legislative session, we've just wrapped up week three, and New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau CEO Chad Smith explains why membership in an advocacy organization is so important. I'm Chad Smith, the CEO of New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau. The legislative session ends on Thursday, February 17th, but there are many issues we still need to address. Water use, carbon emissions, and climate provisions are all being discussed and they all affect agriculture. We appreciate those who have testified to committees and submitted comments. It is vital that the voice of food producers be heard. This is when membership in an advocacy association like New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau is so valuable. We know you're busy and we work our hardest to keep you up to date on bills that could impact your livelihood. We read the proposed legislation so you don't have to. This allows us to uncover the fine print that could be so damaging to agriculture and our practices. We do our homework and come to the committees prepared to testify and help you be prepared as well if you choose to participate. We challenge complicated and expensive regulations so that you don't have to wrestle with more red tape. We collaborate with many other organizations to present a united front and we communicate regularly through alerts and social media to keep you informed. Lastly, we scan the horizon to predict what's next. We have many challenges and opportunities, but we need your help to meet those challenges and embrace the opportunities. This is the value of membership in New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau, the voice of agriculture since 1917. Thanks, Chad. Connie Rooks, chair of New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau's Women's Leadership Program, is obviously a believer, having been a New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau member for over three decades. I am Connie Rooks, and I am actually a fourth-generation New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau member. I've been a member for 34 years already, and my family has been involved with New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau for many, many years, going back to my great-grandparents. And I've been involved with the Women's Leadership Program for about six years now, and I really enjoy the the feeling of being part of an organization that you also feel like a part of family. There's a lot of support there for women and the youth. And so 
I really have come to a part where I feel I want to take a little further step. I want to go a little bit further and I want to I want to help more. And, and that's where I want to become more involved on a leadership role where I can help encourage women to become more active. Since we have a really active committee, we'd like to start focusing a little more on getting into the districts and the counties more, where we can get those women members more active, where we can kind of broaden our advocacy and our support statewide. And so that's a big goal. I think another goal that we personally would like to see get going is to encourage counties to look at doing activities and then applying for like the county activities of excellency awards to start getting our name out there a little more aim for something that everybody can be proud of you know we're all proud of what we're doing but it seems like we need to not be afraid to pat ourselves on the back a little bit and have more of a voice and say look what we've done look what we're doing to help support the agriculture in our communities because we find more and more that we're kind of losing that connection with the community a little bit and i think we see that because there's such a disconnect a little bit that we've gotten a little bit over the last few years and i think the pandemic probably had a little bit to do with that that we've lost that connection just getting out and talking more with people being a member of the women's leadership program we do our best to really help advocate for agriculture but also for women in agriculture when we look at that you know today more than a third of your farmers and ranchers are women and that is profound that is just amazing that it is increasing throughout the years being a support to that and helping the women learn new skills of being leaders and advocates is what we're about how we support them and getting them to workshops and conferences just the outreach between ourselves between each other helps to build those skills to where we can engage our consumers and even the producers and to understanding what we're about. And I think that's a big thing about the program is being able to help women learn their full potential and to empower them to be leaders. Thanks, Connie. If you'd like more information about the women's program, go to the Get Involved tab of the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau website. And now for our on-the-ground segment, we have Rio Riva Agriculture Extension Agent Donald Martinez here to tell us about the Northern New Mexico Bull Management Seminar. This is an innovative program that is being held February 26th at the Ghost Ranch Feedlot. Donald, what's happening that day? It's a fully functional seminar for all our producers, regardless of size of operation. You bring your bull in and we'll get it trick tested and fertility tested. Trichomonitis is, you know, is one of them diseases that could be detrimental to any cow herd. It could cause real havoc. It's a venereal disease, so you just don't want it in your cow herd at all. It could break a producer. Cows wouldn't calve. If you get an infected bull, you'd have to quarantine the bull, pretty much your cows. Producers would even have to go to the extreme of selling them cows. We're going to teach a little bit about herd management all the way around, the importance of having a vaccination program. 
We're stressing that bulls that come in and get tested, get vaccinated every year. All the innovative uh, vaccines that are out there, these bulls will get a multi-man 90, and they will get a Cattle Master 5, and they will get dewormed with um, ivermectin. Are you guys offering this type of symposium because you're short on veterinarians in your area? Yes, we are. We, we're lucky that we have Dr. Andrea Harwell, young lady that's a mobile veterinarian here in Rio Riba County and well all in northern New Mexico. So we're blessed to have her. We have this one location and we can meet on a Saturday and we try to gather all the producers that we can so that she doesn't have to go uh, from ranch to ranch because it gets pretty tough on her. We invite our NMSU beef cattle specialist, Dr. Craig Gifford, to come along, and he'll do some presentations, kind of one-on-one to each of the producers. We'll look over the bulls, the condition, breed types, just, you know, offering advice to everyone that attends. And, you know, the ones that don't bring their bulls, they're more than welcome to sit and visit with Dr. Gifford, myself, and uh, Dr. Harwell. Thanks, Donald. If you'd like more information, please call the Rio Riva County Cooperative Extension Service at 505 685-4523. And we'll finish this week's podcast with a look to the next generation and her impression of the recently held State 4-H Senior Leadership Retreat. My name is Melani Metter and I'm a member of the Country Rebels 4-H Club and president of San Juan County 4-H Council. I recently attended the New Mexico State Senior Leadership Retreat held in Las Cruces, where I learned so much. There were over 170 members in attendance and I got to meet great new friends. While we were there, we attended workshops on careers and leadership and had great keynote speakers. My favorite was Shauna Ivory, where I learned to just say yes. That's why I think 4-H is important. It helps us grow our opportunities to develop leadership skills, well-being, and a supportive community. Thanks, Nelani. This has been Delene Hodnett with the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau's Ag This Week.